Oh, yeah. The Lord is in here for sure. Now, let me hear if you went to Desperation Conference. All right, there's a lot of us. Desperation was really awesome. It was filled with just great worship and really good words for some uh, good speakers and everything. Uh, but I just want to start off our story time series tonight with a story of what uh, happened to me and Joe at Elegis. So we go to Elegis um, at, at, after Desperation Conference. So we go through the whole conference and we have like, I mean, it's like 16 hours of worship in three days and really cool speakers. And then, you know, while we're all exhausted, let's go to Elegis, right? And so, um, well, Joe and I spent, and, and Tom and JL, we spent like three hours in the lazy river, which was awesome but I got sunburns just on the top of my knees. Um, that's not the story I want to tell you tonight, but to, tonight I want to tell you the story about um, just a, Joe and I really had to, to put some trust in some machinery. And so when you go to Elegis, you ride the rides, right? Well, I'm walking down um, the street in, or the, I don't know, village road. I don't know what to call it. All right, I'm, I'm walking in Elegis and it says, there's like a little like early bird pricing, like little thing. And it says half price, uh, for the accelerator and for the slingshot, which is the giant swing, like the giant swing. Long story short, I'm like, half price sounds great. I'm just going to do it. So I buy two, and I'm like, I find Joe. And I'm like, Joe, we're doing it. We're doing the giant swing. Um, sounded great before we went, right? And um, so we walk over there, and we get on there, and Josh is with us too. Um, and Josh took video of the whole experience, all right? Um, and so I just wanted to, to we're going we're gonna to play the video, but I'm going to ask you to pause it at a couple times because I want to explain what's going on internally at, this, at, at different points. So go ahead and play the video. Good morning, uh, Mama Julie, Mama Robin, Baby Molly, Baby Ruby, and Wallace. So we're here at Elitch's, and um, your husband thought it was a good idea to get on um, this massive, heaven-seeking Free fall. I love Josh in this. Let's just, uh, just read this real quick. <laughs> wow. So here they are. They're actually uh, ready to go up. We're going to pause it for a second. Right there. All right. So right here, um, they have us link arms. And, you know, we're already being supported by the system. So we're, go we're good so far, right? Um, Joe is silent and shaking. And... Um, and I am super curious about how the, the thing works on how it releases me because, like, like, I make all the games over the foam pit, so I'm super curious. But the people would not tell me anything about it. They're thinking I'm trying to get out of it or something. And so I'm, I'm really not that scared at all yet. Uh, Joe, the whole time, is like, was this a good idea, Will? Should we be doing this? I don't even know. Like, maybe we should give it to students, you know, because it's about the students here, not us. Uh, anyway, let's keep going. Beautiful Will and gorgeous Joseph. Truth. And um, they're climbing. So let us just pray over them I right now. I love Josh's heart. Just, He's praying. You know, lift up your hands and, and, and reach <laughs> over towards them. Lord, be with them. Jesus, Holy Spirit, be with them. He's, He's so good. I just love Josh. <laughs> just pray right, in the Spirit. So, we're going. Climbing up. Right, right about climbing. here, freezing. So we're like halfway up. We see our shadow. And then we see the shadow at the top of the tower. And we're not even close. And I'm keeping thinking, it's going to stop soon. It's going to stop soon. It's going to stop soon. And then this thought enters my mind. How mad would Pastor Jail be if we both died right now? <laughs> my first thought was not, how mad would my wife be? Or how sad would my daughter be? Is how mad would Jail be? 
if Joe, both of us died right now. And Joe's like, I don't know, she'd be so mad. I can't even, we shouldn't even be doing this. And, and it's at this point where fear starts to really set in me as well. Um, because I think we're close to the top when in reality we have much further to go. Go ahead and play it. This thing's massive. Oh Lord, help us. Help <laughs> Josh us is still praying over us. Josh yep. is the best. Well, I have to zoom in all the way. This is all the way it zooms in. So that's how far up they are. Okay, so right there, what happens is, it like goes like that. Like it like goes into, I don't know what happens, but it's like we thought we were gonna die for a split second, but then it's like, oh, you're not falling yet. You still have the fall to happen. Um, it was scary. So I have to pull the pull pin, right? That's my job. Um, and, and so I have the pull pin on my side and we wait for them to count down. And I just want you to, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna stop it for the rest of the clip, but I want you to notice that it's like 30 feet of free fall before that cable starts to catch your tension. And like, <sighs> the faith that I had in that carabiner was not that great. You know, I'm like, I'm a big dude. Joe's a tall dude. We could flip, I don't know. All right, so go ahead and play the rest. Okay, they got the, they got the thumbs up to hold the trigger. And here they go. Still can't breathe. Whoa. Now we're at the moment like we're not dead. And now we're like, okay, we can talk. We can talk. Things can happen now. Oh, it was terrifying. Terrifying. And we did not know that's how close we were to the ground. That's unsafe, I still think. I still, yeah. We're like, man, two inches from the ground. I throw some gang signs at Josh. Um, it was terrifying, but we had to put a lot of faith in that uh, little cable, that little carabiner, and I still don't know how it works. I looked it up on Google, it was pretty sweet. Um, but faith is what I'm talking about tonight. Before we get into it, I just wanna pray. Uh, Heavenly Father God, you are awesome. Jesus, we love you. And we are so excited just to, um, even those of us that, that didn't go to desperation, God, we understand that you're the same God that was there that's in this room right now and that you have words to speak to our hearts in this moment. So I pray that you can open everybody's uh, ears up and their hearts. Um, and Jesus, that you can just remove me from the microphone and speak your words through me. In your heavenly name, amen. All right, so we're talking about faith. Just like Joe and I had very little faith in that carabiner, but it turned out to be okay. Um, and maybe an angel was holding us up. But we're talking about faith. And it is our story time series. And you've heard a couple different stories. Uh, Joe preached on Joseph, which is awesome. My middle name's David, and I preached on David. Um, so today we're preaching on Elijah, which I have no relation to whatsoever. Um, that's kind of an interesting name. But Elijah is one of those guys that his story in the Bible is absolutely insane. And so when I knew that we wanted to do the story time series a little bit more, I just figured Elijah is a perfect guy to be able to talk about because his story is ridiculous. It is crazy. And we know we talked about some crazy people already. Joseph's story is really crazy. David had a long journey and everything like that. But today we're talking about an Elijah. Now, one thing I want you to know about Elijah, the dude is hardcore. I don't know if some of those, you have the friends that are just like, they don't care. They're just, they're hardcore. Like anything they do, they're going to go all out as much. That whenever I read Elijah's story, I just think of like the dude with like tattoos and like, no tolerance or like a hundred thousand billion tolerance to pain. Like he didn't, pain doesn't affect him. And he's just like, just does not care. And most likely listens to some sort of like metal or, you know what I'm talking about? Like just some hardcore dudes. And uh, his story is in first Kings 17 to second Kings two. That's when Elijah, and I want everybody to say Elijah. Elijah. Ja. The ja is important. I'll tell you later. Okay. 
uh, Elijah. Now his story um, has a bad guy. Most heroes have bad guys. Uh, the bad guy is King Ahab. And there's also a bad girl in this one, and that is Queen Jezebel. I don't know if you've ever heard the term Jezebel before. That generally like can describe some very, very malicious and manipulating women in the past. Um, and that's, this is the Jezebel that, that, that if it's ever like a negative connotation um, to, the, to the name Jezebel, this is who it's named after. She's crazy town, okay? I uh, just want you to understand that she's straight up evil and it's not, not good at all. Um, and so right now, in, we're going to jump into this story where Elijah, he is told by the Lord because he's a prophet. A prophet is a messenger from God. So he just basically gets a message from the Lord and tells the people. That's what Elijah's role is. And so the Lord tells Elijah to go to King Ahab and say, yo, dog, there's not going to be rain for three years. All right, he didn't say yo, dog. That's not in the Bible, but you understand what I'm saying, okay? Um, he goes up to him in whatever old English they'd use, thou shalt not rain in four, three, score. I don't know. Okay, and so however it goes. I don't know how they really talked back then. I think it was Hebrew, actually. Um, but... He says, King Ahab, it's not going to rain for three years. And so then he's like, peace, I'm out. And so Elijah goes away. Three years go by. Guess what? No rain because Elijah's legit, okay? And so it hasn't been any rain. So the Lord tells Elijah, go back to the king, and I want you to tell him it's going to rain soon. And Elijah's like, I'll go do that. So he goes to see the king. And this is what the king says when he first sees him. In uh, 1 Kings 18, verse 17, he says, When Ahab saw him, he explained, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? What a greeting, right? Uh, first of all, you could tell King Ahab's a villain by the greeting. So Elijah uh, shakes it up a little bit, and this is what he said. Uh, starting in verse 18, I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Okay, freeze. Baal. He is basically a wooden statue, okay? Um, and people worshipped him and the wooden statue, mind you, okay? That's what they did. And King Ahab was all about Baal and his queen Jezebel was all about Asherah, right? And these are just false, like, little G-gods. You know how we capitalize God in the Bible and, like, how it should be because he's the best? So little G-God, that's what these, these, basically they're worshiping demons, all right? Things that can't even, they can't even do anything or, or anything like that. That's what the king and the queen did. They led God's people astray. So you know when I talked about King David in the past, King David was a man after God's own heart. He didn't lead the people as a whole astray. He tried to keep them in the good graces of the Lord, following the commands of the Lord. But Queen Jezebel and King Ahab did not do that at all. They actually invited all the other little G-gods from all the other countries that weren't God's people and led God's people astray. Hashtag evil, okay? That's how they were. So Elijah's saying that to him. And so verse 19, we pick it up. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel. Did the research. It's not like a dessert mountain. It's, um, there's no ice cream. It's not made of caramel. That was my first, I was like, we need to find the Hebrew word for Carmel. Not the same. Um, so he says, come to Mount Carmel along with 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. So a lot of dudes. Um, Asherah, who were supported by Jezebel. So Elijah goes, tells the king, all right, you're not going to hear my rain message. This is what I want you to do. I want you to grab all your false prophets, all your peeps, and come meet me at the non-desert mountain. All right? And so they're like, okay, we're going to do it. So they all gather. So Elijah's got all of Israel, the whole country, at this mountain. 
I don't know how they like had a megaphone. I don't know how it worked. But um, they had all of Israel, all these prophets, and Elijah lays down what he wants to do. And he said to them, verse 22 in the same chapter, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls, the prophets of Baal, like a legit, like a bull. I don't know if that's the sound they make. Um, you know, the cow with horns, the male one. You can tell. Um, bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish, cut into pieces, lay it on the wood of the altar. I know Chick-fil-A is not okay with this one. Um, lay it on the wood of the altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull, lay it on the wood of the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people were like, oh, that sounds great. That's a perfect idea. Yeah. Um, so Elijah is the only, pretty much the only prophet um, of the Lord left. And he says, all right, you get a bull, you cut it into pieces, put it on some wood. I'll get a bull, cut it into pieces, put it on some wood. And then we're both going to call out, the prophets of Baal are going to call out to their, prophet, their God. And I'm going to call out on the name of the Lord. And we're going to see who sets fire to the wood. All right. It's weird, but it, I like it. I like where Elijah's going. Remember, he's hardcore. Okay. Think gauges and think Sean, okay? Um, just do that. Just do that. Okay, so this is what happens. And I'm going to skip through some stuff so we're not reading like just like the entire book. But this is what happens. So Elijah says, you go first. So the prophets of Baal, they get their, they get their bull, they cut it into pieces, they put it on the wood, and then they start calling out to Baal. And they start asking Baal to set fire to the wood. And, they, and it goes on for hours and hours because they're asking a piece of wood to light other pieces of wood on fire. That doesn't work, right? And so Elijah starts making fun of him straight up. This is in the Bible. Elijah's like, why don't you scream louder? Maybe Baal can't hear you. You know what? Maybe he's in the bathroom relieving himself. Seriously, he says that. He says that to the prophets. He's like, maybe he's just taking a leak. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe you should yell out. Maybe he's taking a nap. Like he's just straight up making fun of the prophets of Baal. And so the prophets of Baal start screaming louder and they start screaming louder. And remember, they're bonkers. They're bananas. They start cutting themselves like for rituals for, to, to a piece of wood, right? This is nuts, right? And so, and they start bleeding all over and stuff. And you know, they were like, I'm getting lightheaded. He better show up. You know, I don't know how it worked, but obviously nothing happened. So about noontime, uh, Elijah's like, okay, okay, I'm gonna, it's my turn. So he kills the bull, cuts it into pieces. What he does is he gets 12 big stones, all right? 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel, all right? And those were basically all of Joseph's brothers, just FYI. And so he gets the stones, he puts them up, and he sets them up, gets the wood, puts the bull on it. That's all the prophets of Baal did. But Elijah's like, but he got four dudes. He's like, you four, arise, come, all right? Didn't actually say arise, come, but there's four guys, all right? And they had, two, they had four big old jars of water. And he said, I want you to dump the water over the offering. So they dumped the water over the bull. Then he had him dig a trench around, like, his altar. And then he's like, dump him again. Dump it again to where water soaked the wood, soaked the bull, and filled the trench around it. Now, it's been a while since I've been a Boy Scout. Is it easy to light wood on fire that's wet? No, Bear Grylls can do it with like a camel stomach. I don't know how, but like, but he can't light an entire giant bonfire and like all these stones and all this stuff soaked in water. Like he can't, 
that's just not how it works. You can't just light a fire like that. So um, Elijah, he says, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to read this out of the Bible. Verse 36, the same chapter. At the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you're God in Israel and that I'm your servant. Prove that I've done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. See, Elijah's taking himself out of this. He's saying, this is about God. This isn't about me. This is about God. All right? And so this is where it gets hardcore, okay? This is where it gets nuts. And I, this is just sweet. Verse 38. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. I know you could light dust on fire. In the dust, even licked up all the water in the trench. Fire from God came falling down. And I, wonder, I don't know how this really went down, but I wonder if Jesus was in a cloud with like this cool heavenly rocket launcher. And he just looks to an angel. He's like, I love my job. <laughs> I don't know how it worked. I don't know that. But fire from God, right? Because only Jesus could do that because he's God. Um, fire from God comes down, annihilates everything. And remember, Elijah's hardcore, right? So, and the Bible describes him as, as really hairy, Okay, now hardcore guys in the Bible, or in the, not just in the Bible, hardcore guys in movies, they don't watch the explosions. They walk away slowly. So this is how I imagined Elijah's face when the fire of God came down. All hairy and awesome. Oh, so mad too. He's just like, yeah, I told you all prophets. I don't know if he's Western. Um, but... It just, boom, annihilates everything, annihilates it all. And see, what I'm talking about tonight, what I'm talking about tonight is ways that we can have our faith grow. Because Elijah has such faith to call down fire from heaven, knowing, knowing without a doubt that his God is absolutely better than any other little God. Any other idol that, that can be brought up. See, the first way that we can learn to grow our faith is to believe in the impossible. See, Elijah, he believed it before he saw it. And that's what I want you to get from this. Believe it before you see it. Jesus himself said, blessed are those who believe. But bless, even more so, if you believe before you see we need to believe in the impossible. And I'm telling you guys, the impossible is still real. The same God that, that brought fire down on that altar right in front of everyone, that's the same God that's in this room tonight. The same exact God. The same one. And I've seen with my own eyes impossible things happen. I've seen them. I've seen it. It wasn't, it wasn't, what, five months ago when I'm in a prayer session with a bunch of other people on staff, and we're praying over a one-month-year-old baby that has liver failure. One-month-old, little tiny baby. He's on a liver transplant list. Mom has nothing, doesn't know where else to go. So she turns to God. One week later, the doctors have no idea what happened. The liver was completely healed. Completely healed. Miraculous. Praise the Lord Jesus for that. And it wasn't anything that we did. We believe in the impossible. God has healed people in this very room. We have to believe before we see. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 has a little definition of faith. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. So about believing before you can see it. I mean, I've been in places where the weather would have wrecked something that we were going to totally do for God. And in the powerful name of Jesus, we prayed, and the weather parted, and the sun shone down. Joe has stories like that. Sam, I'm sure you have stories like that. You've seen that sort of thing. Like, the impossible happens. So we need to believe before we see it. And then what happens when you see it happen? When you slow-mo walk away from the explosion, that's awesome. Everyone else sees God, too. Everyone else does, too. God is a God of impossible. We sing impossible God. We sing, we're singing oceans where we're walking beyond where our trust can be. Our trust is without borders. That is believing in things that we still cannot see. And this relates to your, your own life. I mean, there could be a relationship that you're in or your parents might be thinking about getting a divorce or you might have a physical ailment. There might be somebody in your family with cancer. There might be somebody that's on their deathbed. Well, God is the God of impossible, so lift those up and ask him. Ask him. And when those things happen, your faith grows. It's so, so awesome. Story time. So... The prophets are like, ooh, snap. That was cool, right? And then all the people are like, oh, my goodness, God is great. And they literally get down on their hands and knees in their face, and they, and they bow down low because they know Lord is God. And then totally looking like Wolverine, right? Um, Elijah says, seize all the prophets. And then he seizes them, and then he takes them out of this valley, and he kills them all. Whoa, that escalated quickly, right? <laughs> It's in the Bible. It's true. It did. Don't lead God's people astray. Boy, howdy. God's not a cool at that. Okay? That's not good at all. Now, crazier, crazier things that happen. And like, this is just the coolest part of the story, I think. Well, no, not the coolest because, I mean, heavenly rocket launchers are pretty awesome. That's not in the Bible, FYI. That's in my mind. <clears throat> but, so after Elijah, he, he kills all these prophets and everything like that. Um, Lord's like, there's going to be rain. Remember I said there's rain? They just showed the I'm, I'm awesome, and I'm here, and I'm their God. I'm going to send rain back to my people. And so Elijah's like, King Ahab, and I'm sure Ahab's face was like, what? Like, this fire came down. And so he's like, King Ahab, it's going to rain. You better get in your chariot, and you better ride, because the rain is going to, like, annihilate you. They didn't have cars. They couldn't, like, they didn't, there's no convoy for the king. They hit a chariot, right? Chariots get stuck in mud, I'm pretty sure. And so rain's coming, and so King Ahab gets in his chariot, and he's like, ah, or whatever they do. And he's riding and stuff, and no joke, this is in the Bible. It says, the strength of the Lord came upon Elijah, and Elijah tucked his cloak into his big belt, and he just sprinted and ran past the chariot. <laughs> like twilight status, just like, <laughs> it's like just straight out, all out sprint. If that's not hardcore, I don't know what is, guys. Come on. I feel like I need a metal track or something like that. Okay. Like that, all right? That's probably what Ahab heard going by. <laughs> like just some crazy metal, all right? Um, so Ahab gets home to his queen, who I don't know where she was, getting a pedicure or something. And um, she's like, she's probably like, hey, honey, how's it going? And Ahab's like, stuff went down, honey. 
I don't know, all your prophets are dead and so are mine. I'm going to get something to drink. You know, I don't know what they did. That, some, most of that's not in the Bible, but uh, that's what, how it could have went down. It says Ahab told his wife, and his wife says this. His wife says, as surely as the Lord lives, I will kill Elijah like she killed my prophets. And Elijah's like, what now? And Elijah, who just like called fire from heaven, who twilight ran across, like down past some horses, right? He feels his circumstances and the enemy start attacking his faith. The faith that he had to call down fire from heaven, he felt the strength of the Lord in his soul, and all of a sudden, what's the first thing the enemy's gonna do but attack the trust that you've built with the Lord? And so he runs, probably not as fast as he could have with the Lord, but he ran. He ran and he ran and he ran, and he ended up, and this is in the Bible, he ran and he, he, he fell asleep under a broom tree, Apparently, where brooms come from. All right? <laughs> Says so. Says that there's a broom tree. I don't know why they named it a broom tree if it's not good at sweeping stuff. All right? And so he's under the broom tree. It's true. It's in the Bible. He's under the broom tree, and the angel of the Lord comes down, bakes him some bread. I'm sure it was awesome. And um, I can't believe it's not butter. And, uh, and so he, he ate the bread. He ate the bread. And then the angel of the Lord said, you need to go to Mount Sinai. And so... Elijah's like, all right, so he goes to Mount Sinai, which is a long journey. Now, for those of you who don't know what Mount Sinai is, Mount Sinai, Sinai is the place where Moses saw the burning bush. And the burning bush, of, you know, God's voice went, came through the burning bush. Crazy story. Maybe we'll tell that later. Um, but Mount Sinai is renowned for, like, the Lord's presence being on it and around it. At one point in time, no one could set foot on there except Moses. Um, and so he's on Mount Sinai, and the Lord comes to him, and the Lord basically says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? You, you, your faith gets attacked and you're, you're here. And this is what the Lord did. The Lord says, come out of the cave. And he was in a cave. He says, come out of the cave and I want to show you something. And so all of a sudden, the, and the Lord said, God said, I'm going to pass by you. Got a beard here in my microphone. <laughs> That's awkward. All right. The Lord said, <laughs> let's continue. The Lord said, I'm going to pass by you. And so he, the Lord came in this huge whirlwind, just this like crazy wind and everything like that. But the Lord wasn't actually in the wind. And then the Lord came, or, the, or, or then the Lord didn't come, with, but there was a huge earthquake that passed before Elijah, this huge, crazy earthquake. And then there was this crazy, crazy fire, but the Lord wasn't in any of them. And then as Elijah stood there and waited for the Lord, he heard a whisper. The Lord was in the whisper. See, the second way that we can grow our faith is to listen. Is to listen. See, the more we run when our circumstances, when the enemy starts coming around us, the crazier that wind is going to be, the more intense that earthquake is going to be, and the hotter that fire is going to be. But if we can stop and we can listen for God to speak to us, we can understand and know that he's still there. That though the enemy is making such noise, such crazy attack around us, that we can listen and we can understand God is still here, even in the small and in the quiet. I heard an illustration once, and the pastor said that one time he got stung, stung by a bee, and that stung really hurt 
But what's interesting about bees is they only can sting once and then they die. They can't sting again, right? Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that the enemy already tried to sting and Jesus took it away. So anytime you hear the bees going, understand that you can't get stung. Jesus already paid the price and he already rose again. But when you hear the enemy attacking, it's just the bees buzzing, but they don't have any sting. They don't have any sting. The enemy already took it away. So if you can stand and you can close your eyes and you can tune out those bees because the enemy will come, but you will hear the Lord in the quiet. You will hear the Lord in the whisper. Even when it seems like there's a whirlwind of fire of earthquake around you, God still wants to talk to you. And the quicker you are to listen, the quicker you are to get back on the pace and the more faith you'll have and you'll grow. Story time. Okay. Fast forward um, quite a few years, and uh, Ahab died because he's a jerk face. Um, and Ahab died, and Elijah uh, is nearing the end of his life. And he actually hears from the Lord that God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you to heaven. I'm going to take you up. And so Elijah has this apprentice, and this is why the Elijah is important, because his apprentice's name is Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. Sha. Like, shut it, right? That's how I remember it. I'm weird. Okay. So Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah is walking with Elisha, okay? I don't know. This is just a joke from Jesus that why he made their name so close to get us to pay attention, okay? And so Elijah is walking with Elisha, and they're going down, and Elijah know he's, he knows he's about to get, like, taken up to heaven. And so Elisha is with him, and he obviously is an apprentice, and he wants to be with him and everything like that. Well, they're at this place called Gilgal. It's just a town. And at Gilgal, there's like a group of prophets. So there's more prophets at this point in time. And just how the story goes, I like to imagine, I'm a visual guy. So there's, it says a group of prophets came out of Gilgal to meet him. So I imagine they had like matching jackets, and they're like, we'll still like bro, right? And they're like, they got their club, and they got like a Gilgal like emblem or something like that. Like a crossover, maybe it's a tattoo with like nails or something, I don't know. And, and they're like, what's up, Elisha? You know that God's going to take your master or, you know, Elijah up to heaven, right? And Elisha's like, I know that's going to happen. Keep it to yourself. And so Elijah says, Elisha, you stay here in Gilgal with your home dogs. And I'm going to keep going to Bethel. And Elisha says, no, 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 I'm not missing out on any second with you. I'm going to keep going with you. As surely as the Lord lives, I'm going to go with you. And Elijah says, okay, come on. All right, so they, they walk and they get, they get down to Bethel. And they get to Bethel and then Bethel's crew comes out of the town. You know, maybe they have a little bit more swagger, maybe a little bit like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I can't do that sort of thing. And so he's, they, they come out and the group of prophets from Bethel say, Elisha, you know that your master's going to be taken up to heaven soon. And Elisha's like, I know, shut up about it. I know it. Like, just keep it to yourself. He, literally, he says, keep it to yourself. And, and then Elijah's like, why don't you stay here in Bethel? All right? They got a great worship team. It's going to be great. Just stay here. And uh, <laughs> it's funny to me. And so they got a, it's cool. Stay in Bethel. It's fine. And Elisha's like, no, 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 no. I'm not missing out on this. I'm going to stay with you. You're my... You're like my Jedi master. I'm your better one. Like, let's go. And so, Jedi master's not in the Bible. And so, um, and so, 
Elijah's like, okay, come on, let's go. And so they, they keep going, and then they get to Jericho. And uh, Jericho's awesome. And so, you know, the crew from Jericho comes on out, and, and they're like, Elijah, I mean, sorry, now I'm confused. Elisha, you know, your master's going up to heaven. It's going to be, like, crazy. And he's like, I know, shut up about it. Again, more people, he's like, just keep it to yourself. And Elijah's like, why don't you stay with your guys again? And Elijah's like, no, I'm going with you. I am going with you. And so, like, this just, I'm a, I should have just said, they went through these towns. All right, anyway, so this crew came up to meet him. It's significant because Elisha continued to follow his master no matter what. Even when something good, something good came up, he still followed what was great. Even when he could have stayed with a group of prophets, could stay in an awesome town with an awesome worship team or whatever, he understood that where he was called was to be Elijah's side, and he passed up what was good for what was great. And he continued to go with Elijah. So Elijah and Elisha, now they're just, just those two, and they're walking, and they're coming to the Jordan River. And back then, there's not bridges, and they can't just, like, take a gondola over or whatever, all right? And so they literally, Elijah... Being as hardcore as he is, all right, he walks up to the river, and I mean, it's a sh- just straight up river, and <laughs> he just starts taking off his cloak. I'm not gonna take off my shirt because that's weird. Um, so imagine this is like his jacket, right? Takes off his jacket, folds it up, and no joke, says in the Bible, he slaps the water with it. Slap. Seriously. <laughs> In the Bible, that's exactly what happened. He slaps the water with his cloak, and the river just goes blah. It was, seriously, that's what happened. And I'm sure Elisha's like, I'm so happy I stayed with him. Oh, the guys in Jericho are not going to believe this. So they get across the river. (laughs) They get it across the river, and Elijah says, you know what? I'm about to be taken up, or I'm about to, like, you know, go to heaven. And so what do you want? And Elisha's like, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, Elijah's hardcore. Right? He's slapping water, and water's just like, I'm out. Right? Pretty sure Bruce Lee tried that. Didn't work. You know, and so, like, he says, I want a double portion. Elijah's like, okay, you, if you see me go to heaven, then you'll get your double portion. No joke, right after that. Oh, man, it's so cool. Oh, right after that, 2 Kings 2.11, it says, As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire, chariot made of fire. (sighs) Horses made of fire equals very dangerous, right? Super cool. Hardcore, right? Drove between them, two men, drove between the two men separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. What? How could someone go out more hardcore? I just imagine him like on top of the chariot in a power stance with an electric guitar. See you, Elisha! Rock on! Right? Oh man, I can see it. I can see him just like power stancing it up. Just straight up. Okay, 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 okay. I'm not that hardcore. You guys are good. Oh, you missed that one. Okay. So, that's just insane how Elijah does that. Um, just so you know, Elisha did receive a double portion of spirit. <sighs> okay, quick story. Okay, this is a really cool one. So Elisha, later on in life, because he got this double portion, he's just, I mean, there's some crazy stories about him, too, in the Bible. You should read it. It's a good book. And um, 
And so Elisha is walking down the road one time, and like 47, literally like 47 kids start making fun of him because he's bald. <laughs> Straight up, this is in the Bible. Bible's cool. You guys should read it. All right, and so he's, the, these 47 kids are making fun of Elisha, and Elisha curses him in the name of the Lord, and two bears come out of the forest and maul him. <laughs> what? Ooh. Oh, man. And the bears probably had spiked collars and gauged ears. Oh, man. Looked all matted and gnarly with, like, dreadlock hair. All right. I don't even know if that's how the bears looked. But Elisha's not. Like, his hardcoreness kept living on Elijah's. But what I want us to get from this story, let me digress, from bears mauling children. <laughs> it's in the Bible, so I'm allowed. So what I want us to get from this, though, is that Elijah always knew where he was going. That's our third way, where, way we can grow our faith, to know the end game. Know where you're going. Like, there's times in our life a lot of times, actually, that Satan tries to get us to forget. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I've doubted my salvation. I've doubted if I was ever even saved. Well, I want to tell you right now that if you have ever doubted that you're saved, you're probably saved. Why would Satan try and sneak that lie into someone that's not? Why would they care? Right? Why would they care? If, if you've doubted that you're saved, you doubted your salvation, Chances are you're just fine and you're just under attack. See, Satan wants us to forget the end game. What if we, in every situation, could understand and remember that we are living children of the living God and we are going to spend forever face to face with our king? Face to face. Would we see every, every situation different? Yeah. No matter what was coming, no matter what separated us. No matter what happens, if we can understand the end game. And guys, this is really cool because we're talking about story time, but the Bible as a whole, it does have an end. Satan loses, God wins, and we live forever. That's the book. And if we can remember that, our faith will remain strong. If we can remember that no matter what, Satan loses. If we can remember that no matter what, God lives, that Jesus will come back riding on the clouds and take every one of his children to heaven that believe in his name. If we can remember that, our faith will grow. It'll only get bigger and better because if we continue to, to think forward to the date that we meet Jesus face to face, we're living faith right there. See, Elijah was a living contradictory to the culture because his faith was so strong. Everything else said, worship other gods. Everything else said, run away from your problems. And God said, worship me. I am real. God said, I love you. And I want every part of you. And Elijah kept his face and his eyes on that. And I'll tell you right now, the currency in the kingdom is faith. Our currency in the United States is a dollar. Doesn't get us much, maybe a burger. The right place. But I'll tell you right now, a dollar doesn't mean anything in the kingdom of God. But the currency of the kingdom is faith. If there's one thing that God cannot work with, it's a lack of faith. Believe the impossible and ask it of him, knowing that he can come through. Listen to him when your circumstances surround you, when the enemy is buzzing like bees. And know the end game. Know 
in your mind when you're under attack that Satan loses. I mean, what happens if Satan kills you? Where do you go, heaven, when? Right? It's true. Know that one day you will see Jesus face to face. And if you've put your trust and your faith in him, if you've prayed a prayer that asked him to be the Lord and the Savior and the best friend of your life, that you're going to see him face to face and that your ticket to eternity is already in your hands. There's nothing that can take it away. And there's nothing the enemy can do to mess it up for you. If we can live with that truth, our faith will grow. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. Jesus, I pray for every single heart here that we can understand and know that you are the God of impossible. Jesus, you died and you rose from the dead. And that is already done. Jesus, I pray that we can understand and know that you're always there and ready to talk to us, ready to say, I love you, ready to say, you're awesome, ready to say the things that you know our heart wants. And I pray that when our circumstances and our, the attack on our lives surround us, that we can just listen, just, just calm down, shut down, and just listen. We know that you're, we're going to hear your voice. And Father, I pray that we can understand the end game and that we can know the enemy doesn't win. You do, and that we will follow you. And I pray for every single person's faith in this room. In the name of Jesus Christ, right now, just bless them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, the gift of faith. Give them a double portion right now, Lord. Some hardcore faith. Give them some tattoos and gauges on their spirits. There's a hardcoreness, just willing to follow you, Jesus, to whatever end. God, because we know that you're worth it. The cost of following you is great, but I pray that every single heart and soul in this room knows you enough to risk it when it matters. Because you're worth it, Lord. We love you, and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.